0: uh, Yeah, all
1: right. (laughs) I want to say thank you to uh, Amber first before um, really we move into just what we're talking about today just because uh, the word that she just gave right after we were singing was right on par with exactly what we're talking about today. And so it's funny how sometimes the Holy Spirit will do that where he'll just start to put a little seed in you And then ultimately, he'll blossom it right just moments later. And so uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about the opportunity to be here and to share with you uh, this week. And so uh, today, as you've mentioned, or as you've seen, we're talking about those who are needing breakthroughs. Uh, Breakthroughs in a number of different areas. It could be in your finances. If you're suffering from financial struggles, you're like, man, I can't pay the bills. How in the world am I going to be able to make it through this next month? God has something to say about that. If you're experiencing physical trauma or you're physically injured, you're having difficulties in some physical capacity, God has something to say about that and he wants you to experience breakthrough in that also. If it's in your relationships, maybe it's with your spouse. If you're not married, it's maybe your fiance or girlfriend. You just say, man, things are a struggle right now. What can God do in the midst of all of this strife? And God wants to speak into that and give breakthrough in that also. In all areas, God wants to give breakthrough because that is who he is. It's in his nature. It's who he is to give breakthroughs to people who are struggling. And so this morning, in fact, we're going to read through uh, a few scriptures. We're in Luke chapter 8. We're going to read through a scripture that really describes two separate stories that are intertwined with one another, and it shows how God breaks through in both circumstances, in two separate and completely different ways. Um, If you've noticed, we are uh, continuing through a series called Jesus Among the People. Uh, We have all these messages that we've been talking about over the course of the last month and a half, two months, uh, online. So if you'd like to go back and just listen, we're going through the entire book uh, of Luke, talking about a lot of different stories and how Jesus meets people right where they're at. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about breakthroughs. Um, One of the things that... I find really interesting when I read through uh, the Bible and read through Scripture is that uh, this is, I guess, maybe not relegated just to Scripture, but it's anything and just reading. Sometimes when you pick up a book and you read, and then you read the same passage again, and then you read the same passage again, and you read the same passage again, and you do that 15 times, and then you look back at the end after like an hour, and you're like, what did I just read? I have no clue what the heck is going on because there's just so much stuff in there, right? It's it's so challenging, I think, for a lot of people. Even if you're in college, you know this incredibly well. I'm sure you get reading assignments and you're just like, yeah, I'm just zoning out right now as I read this. I have no clue what I'm doing. And and I think that happens to us sometimes, too, when we read uh, in the Bible. A lot of times we'll read through something and we'll see so much content that oftentimes we miss the fine details And that's sometimes those fine details that God wants to speak to us through. And so today, what my hope is, is that we'll dig into this story a little bit. We'll go through kind of with a fine-tooth comb, get some details out of it. And really, I think that'll be so beneficial to us uh, just as we look through this reference in the scripture. Um, Before we get started, I just want to pray for us. Um, Man, this might be your first time ever coming to... community like this and just experiencing what we're going to talk about today and I just encourage you this morning just be open to what God has to speak to you you might not believe in any of this stuff you might not believe in anything and I would just encourage you just open your minds to what God has for you this morning because I promise you it's going to provide breakthrough in one area of your life or another I promise you that so let's pray real quick Father we thank you for what you've done already just in this place. God, we thank you that we are able to worship your name and God, that you you call us out. God, we thank you for who you are and that you meet us right where we're at, God, But you want to take us even further and you want to grow us and mold us and shape us into who you have uh, for us, God, into the purpose-driven life that we have. God, I pray this morning that the word that comes forth, God, it wouldn't just be my words, God, it would be your word. God, we desperately need to hear from you this morning. And we pray that we would be receptive, God, that uh, this would move us to action. God, this wouldn't just be a message that we hear at church that makes us feel good about ourselves, God. We want this to be relevant, impactful, and God, that we can take this from this place and it would shape and form the very image of our lives. God, we thank you for, that, for, for your word, in your name. Amen. All right. If you will, uh, if you have uh, your Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. If not, we have the verses here on the screen for you, so you can follow along with me. Uh, I mentioned earlier, as we read through stuff, often we come across a lot of text, and you're like, man, what did I just read? Uh, Sometimes we do that, too, when we just even read through the Bible. If you're Uh, familiar with the Bible, if you've read through it before, you'll think like, man, I know the definition of this world. But then when you truly inspect it, the question is, do you really know it? And so I want to just start on a level playing field today, pretty basic, just with definitions. Definitions are so key for us to understand what is actually being communicated. So the first things that I want to talk about are faith and hope. Faith and hope. Faith is actively trusting and obeying God. Right now. Actively trusting and obeying God right now. When do we trust and obey God? Yeah, one more time. You guys got to bring it here a little bit. When do we trust and obey God? Right Right now. That means right now as you're seated in those seats. Right now. You can do it right now. It's active. It's trusting and obeying. Hope, on the other hand, is the product of faith. A lot of times people intertwine those words. They think, man, like, okay, faith and hope, I kind of change them out. I use them interchangeably. They're a little different. Hope is the product of faith. In fact, when we look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11 right here, the NLT version says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So really the difference between these two words and these definitions, faith will say, God has healed me, or God is healing me. It's present, right? It's happening right now. God has healed me, or God is healing me. As opposed to hope, which is saying, God will heal me. Do you understand the difference? Do you see the difference in that? One is looking to the future, and one is looking in the very present. It's right now. It's happening in this moment. So faith is active, Faith is very active. It's everywhere we go. It's with us. It's in us. It's who we are. It's who God has made us to be. It's the faith that we have. He's shaping it in us. This is so critical because as we read through this story here in Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56, we see faith and hope littered throughout the entire thing. So let's start off. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him. For they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. Okay, so there's a couple of things happening in this verse. First off, uh, if you were here last week, or you remember what we talked about, we talked about Jesus who... Uh, he was uh, experiencing or uh, influencing a man who was demon-possessed. He drove those demons out into a herd of pigs. The herd of pigs ran down the hill into the water and killed themselves. Okay, Uh, Kind of a crazy story before that. Before that, the disciples were in the boat with Jesus as they were crossing the Sea of Galilee. A storm rose up. They all thought they were going to die. The waves were just all around them. The wind was all around them. They all thought they were going to die. And Jesus is like, nope, no worries, I got this. A storm, be still, and it just stopped. So this is, by the way, this is all happening on the same day, okay? When you look through this, Jesus calms the storm, he drives out demons, then he interacts with the crowd, and this man comes to him. So you can imagine, if you're a disciple in this case, if you're one of the disciples, you're just like, oh, my gosh, like, when is this day going to stop or end, right? Like, we've just seen, we almost died in the boat, right? We just saw Jesus dry out over a thousand demons from this man into these pigs, and that's like, what the heck? You know, are you kidding me? Like, some of this stuff people have never seen before, and now this man comes to him, and it's like, okay, like, if I'm one of the disciples truthfully, and I put myself in their shoes, it's like, Jesus, like, can we just, like, let's, let's come back a little bit. Let's kind of recap what we did today. Let's talk about it, you know, and Jesus is like, nope. there's more work to be done. Let's do this. And so the crowds press around him. There's people all over the place. And this guy, Jairus, comes to him. He's a, a ruler of the synagogue, is what the scripture says right here. Ruler of the synagogue. So basically, um, he was what would be equivalent to being on a board of elders, I guess. Being a, 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 on the board, right? So uh, a board that rules over the synagogue. They, they plan things. They do strategic stuff. So he was like a board member for uh, the synagogue, So he's a guy who's got high-ranking position, he's got power, and he comes and throws himself at Jesus' feet. This guy who's this ruler, who sees over all these people, he throws himself at Jesus' feet, and he begs for the life of his daughter. Twelve years old, my daughter is about to die. Jesus, can you do something? So the first point that I want to make is that faith in Christ brings us to him, in immediate moments of need, right? She doesn't have much time to live. In the span of maybe the next few minutes, maybe the next few hours, something tragic is going to happen, and Jairus knows it. He knows something is going to happen to my daughter. Jesus is the only one I can go to. He's the only one. And, you know, Rachel and I, we're going to have our first child here in December, uh, Christmas baby, December 26th. Heck yeah, come on. We're excited about it. In that position, having a daughter, for those of you who are parents, you probably understand you'll do anything for your children, right? You'll do anything. If this is the only shred of hope that my daughter has to live and to see a life, I need to go to Jesus. This is his thought process. This is what drove him to, experience, to, to go after Jesus with everything he had. He needed it. This is his last hope. So the story picks up here in verse 43. There was a woman. So you see these two intermingling stories. You see Jairus and then this woman who, the crowd is around them, there's tons of people, and then there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all of her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. Verse 44, she came up behind him and touched the fringe of of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Uh, A little context here. Uh, Historically, and in Jewish culture and tradition, uh, a woman who had uh, a discharge of blood or a hemorrhaging, uh, it was in her menstrual cycle, she was considered unclean. There are those things that were considered clean, those things that were considered unclean. This is actually for reference, if you want to write this down. I don't have it up here. This is in Leviticus chapter 15. Verses 19 and verses 25 through 27. So if you want to go back and look through that, you'll understand exactly what's happening right here. She was considered a total outcast. For 12 years, she had a discharge of blood. For 12 years. She couldn't touch anyone. She couldn't interact in society. She was culturally driven away from everything. She was by herself. She was basically a loner. She she had absolutely nobody. Nobody wanted to interact with her because she was the lowest of lows, according to the Levitical law. And so this woman sneaks up behind him in the crowd and just believes for just a moment, okay, if I just touch his robe, the things that this guy has done, even just in the last day, I have a chance. I have a hope. Something could happen, right? So what happens here? Second point I want to bring up, faith in Christ... Brings us to him when we've endured long-suffering. Twelve years. Twelve years she's endured this. For twelve years. She's been absolutely destitute because she spent all of her living on physicians trying to solve this problem, and nobody has an answer for her. Absolutely nobody. So you see the two points here. In moments of immediate need and when we've endured long-suffering. Both. Both. This all happens within the span of a few minutes. We pick up here in 45. 45, And his garment, so, uh, and Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Jesus, uh, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive the power has gone out from me. That's kind of an interesting uh, verse right there. Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. Uh, The King James Version of that verse actually says that virtue has gone out from me. That virtue. So Jesus, probably being the absolute epitome of virtue, right? He's perfect. He has no sin nature. Everything about him is just absolute. I mean, he's perfect. He's healing everybody around him. Virtue has gone out from me. And what does he do? Verse 47 And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. The interesting thing about this is that Jesus saw her faith. He didn't see her credentials. Do you notice that? Jesus saw her faith. Do so you have Jairus, who's this high official, comes below, bowing down to Jesus on his knees, begging for the life of his daughter, and at the same time you see the lowest of lows who just has the glimmering hope that maybe he will heal me. Just maybe. Maybe just touching his garments will heal me. Now Jesus could have just moved along and said, oh, that's weird. I just experienced a power outage, or, you know, I don't know what it felt like at that time. Something like that. A surge of power going out of me into this woman. But he said, you know what? I want this woman to experience the dignity of facing me face-to-face, of seeing me face-to-face. Because I know that she's here, and I want to see her, and I want to recognize her for her faith. Did you catch it? Right there. Your faith has healed you. Remember, faith is active. It's happening right now. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So the woman's faith healer. But the interesting thing uh, about this, well, let's, let's pick up here in 49. When he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. His servant comes to him and says, you know what, that short period of time that we had, it's, it's elapsed. We don't have it anymore. Your daughter is dead. I'm sorry. Jesus is the one, I mean, at this point, Jairus, you, you have to be thinking from, from his perspective, right? What is he thinking? He's like, man, there's... There is no hope left. I have no hope left. There's no way. Jesus is a great healer. Can he heal death? I guess we find out here in a minute. We will. But what does Jesus say to him? Jesus, on hearing this, answered him Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. So, the first story that happened with the woman, her faith healed her right? The woman's faith healed her. In this instance, Jairus, Jesus talks to him and says, listen, you need to believe and she'll be well. You need to have faith and she'll be well. So not only does our faith impact us, but our faith impacts others. How cool, I mean, this is, this is, this is crazy. If we, if we really understood that and we grasped that man, I'm having faith to believe for somebody else right now in this moment. Jesus is going to show up and he's going to do stuff because it's happening right now. How cool is that? I think a lot of times, this is, uh, this wasn't in my notes, but I just kind of feel a sense I need to go in this direction. Our, A lot of times I think our mentality when it comes to what we believe Jesus or God will do for us, what we believe is capable, what Jesus is capable of, I think we set the bar way too low. We set the bar way too low. We ask for piddly things, for absolutely nothing, and Jesus is saying to us, no, I don't want you to ask for what's possible. I want you to ask for what's impossible. Because only then can I come through. Does that make sense? Do you follow? I mean, that's, that's, if we understood that, if we understood that Jesus wants to come through in our impossible circumstances, it will radically change the way that we think about who he is. Radically. This woman's faith healed her. Jairus' faith healed somebody else. Just last summer, I was back in New York. Uh, I was uh, on, I'm on staff with Called the Greatness, the campus ministry here uh, with, through this church. And, and uh, every summer... Uh, the staff members who are on staff, we all go and we raise support. Uh, We all raise financial support for us, and I was back home with my parents. Uh, I was talking to them. My dad and I, we got into this crazy argument. I can't even remember what it was about, truthfully. Uh, It was just, I mean, it was like, we were, I'm just kind of sitting there like, okay, like, I really don't want to be doing this right now, you know, I just, Jesus loves me this I know. You know, (laughs) it's just like, in my heart, like, everything in me wanted to rise up, but I felt like in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know, your, your dad needs healing right now. He needs physical healing right now in his body. And I'm just like, Jesus, seriously? Like, come on, we're, we're getting at it right now. He's super mad. Like, there's no way this, this guy is going to listen to me. There's no way. Like, what am I supposed to say? He's like, just tell him you want to you know, you see Jesus heal him. Wow, like we overcomplicate things sometimes. You know what I mean? Where it's like, ah, I need to have the right words to say, and this guy is never going to listen to me again if I don't say the right words. But it's like, no, just tell him you want to heal him. Oh, okay. Sweet. Hey, dad, uh, Jesus, I just heard from Jesus, and he said he wants to heal your knees because you've been suffering from um, arthritis for like 20 years. My dad's like, what? Like,. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, my knees are actually—I mean, you can look at them right now, and they were just baseballs. I mean, they're huge. The size of his knees were absolutely monstrous. They're huge. And so, you know, I say, okay, well, just have a seat. Let's just pray for your knee. It's going to happen. I—I I mean, for me, I've seen physical healings happen right on the spot, and I knew that Jesus was capable of doing it. I know. I mean, I'm. confident all the time. Every time I believe, every time I go and pray for somebody, I know they're going to get healed. Every time. You know what's crazy? I asked my dad, hey, do you believe Jesus is going to heal you right now? He was like, well, you know, he did the whole, like, safe Christian answer, which a lot of times we do, right? Like the, I know if it's Jesus' will, if it's God's will that he he, uh, heals me, then it'll happen. And I'm like, that's not what I asked you. Like, It is his will will to heal you. I know that for a fact. The Bible says it. Scriptures say it. He wills that you are healed. Do you believe it? That's the question I asked. And he was like, I don't know. And I said, you know what? That's fine. You don't even have to believe. You know why? Because my faith is going to heal you. My faith is going to see this happen right now. Because I know it's going to happen. And I said, I'm not even going to touch your knees. So you know it wasn't me. You'll know it was Jesus. Um, When uh, when I was little, and uh, you know I got injured, or you know I was was a baby, or got hurt, or whatever. Have you guys ever seen the original Karate Kid? Not that new one. The the original one where Mr. Miyagi, like Daniel's, like oh, like I can't. I'm hurting really bad, and he just you know does this, and then puts his hands on him, and he's healed. Right? Like what? Like how do you do that? My dad used to do that with me when I was little. So. You know, I told my mom, my mom was sitting there, and I told her, hey, you're going to put hands on her, uh, on dad, but before you, you do this, you need to, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi this thing, okay, let's do this. So he does it, he put he, my mom, she does this, she puts her hand right on my dad's knee, sure enough, prayed, 20 seconds later, that thing was normal size. When you compared both of his knees, one was like totally normal, no swelling whatsoever, the other one was still the size of a baseball, it was freaky, it was real weird. So we got done praying. I asked my dad, hey, move it around. How's it feel? He's like, he actually swore. I can't really repeat that. So, you know, it's not proper in church. But he was like, holy, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, what? Like, I'm like, hey, like, the, your other knee is still messed up. Do you want to pray for it? He's like, yeah, let's do this. You know, like, from the, from the minute of just like, I, I can't believe, uh, if it's God's will, to like, yeah, I believe now. Like, I just saw that happen, right? So not only did my faith help the healing immediately, my faith spurred him to have faith. How cool is that? Like faith is active. It's trusting and obeying God right now. It's doing something right now. Uh, Just a few uh, weeks ago, and actually this was back in, I can't remember, May? Yeah, it was early May. We, uh, or late May, I'm sorry, we had a summer intensive. Students a uh, bunch of students all got together. We were in Lawrence. Just a, a great time to, to really help them grow in their worldview. And there was one evening session where we, there was a, a guy who got up, and he's like, you know, I, I, don't under, I don't understand why I've waited this long, but I need physical healing in my bodies. Can you guys pray for me right now? That was his faith. You know what happened? When he moved... Other people got up and were like, yeah, I need healing, too. Let's do this. There was like six or seven people all around the room. Everybody's asking for healing. The guy I walked up to, Michael, actually it was, uh, Marcel was there, too. It was myself, Marcel, and another staff member up in uh, Nebraska. He had a knee problem, too. He actually had a torn ACL. He had surgery on it. He just, he couldn't basically bend his knee more than probably 20 degrees. So when he'd walk, it was kind of like weird. He really couldn't run or do anything, physical activity on it. And so I'm like, dude, Jesus is going to heal you right now. Let's do this. He's like, "Uh, okay. I'll believe. I'm like, sweet, awesome. I know it's going to happen. So we prayed over his knee, got up, and he's just, you know. And the guy, I mean, it, it was amazing. He breaks down in tears just because he's like, oh, my gosh, like, this is real. This is real. How cool is that? God wants to physically heal us, and cause breakthrough in our bodies, physically, right now. It's just, it's, it's amazing, honestly. If we just had the faith to believe it, it would happen. If we just had the faith to believe that God is going to do it. And the reason why God did it, why do you think? It's because he loves us. It's, we're not a burden to him. Do you understand that? We're not a burden asking Jesus for something that's impossible, He wants to do the impossible in us. He wants to. All we need to do is ask and believe and have faith, and God will do it. So let's pick the story up, verse 51. When he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James, and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned to her, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given to her to eat. It's natural, right? Oh, yeah, I just raised you from the dead. Hey, she's hungry, you should probably feed her. You know? Like, that's the very, I'm just, I'm, this is obviously a joke, but, like, really, that's not the first thing that's going to come to my mind. Like, Jesus is just kind of approaching this, like, oh, yeah, it's like normal day, casual business. Yeah, earlier today I just calmed the storm, I drove out demons, you know, I just, I just healed a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years, and now I'm just going to raise you from the dead. Oh, you should eat something. Yeah. Cool. And I'm sure his disciples are like, what the heck are we, this, this is a ridiculous day. Like, can we, can we stop this, you know? Jeez. They were amazed and charged no one to tell them what they had happened why why is this story so important for us? I think it's just that really, I mean, already what we've talked about, faith isn't just something that's a spiritual word. It's not some you know idea that this is spiritual and this is the physical, and you know, I do my I have my faith at church, and outside of church, it's like, oh, it's back to the real world. Jesus is saying, like, hey, like, I am overcoming all these real world problems. Guess what? You can too in your day-to-day life. How about that? Right? It's crazy. Jesus is doing the impossible. Faith changes things. There's a a slide here uh, I want you to bring up. I I don't have it in my notes, so I need to read it. It's um, It's the one with the word centered. It says this. When all human hope is extinguished, true faith arises. I want you to write this down. When true faith arises, it produces godly hope. Think about these two stories. My daughter's going to die. She's got no hope. I have no hope except for Jesus. Human hope. There's no way that she can survive unless Jesus comes through. That was when his faith arose. Think about the woman. She exhausted all of her resources on trying to find somebody to physically cure her, and it never happened. So what did she do? She went to Jesus. Her faith rose up and caused her to action. When true faith arises, it produces godly hope. God will come through if you believe he is coming through. Check out Matthew 14, verse 20. Truly, I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I guess the question I have is, what's a mountain in your life? What's that mountain? I mentioned earlier a few different things, relationships, finances, Man, maybe you're just struggling. You have no idea what this is. You know, I have no idea how you can get through it. Jesus is saying, listen, if you just have faith, I'm going to do the impossible for you. I'm going to move your mountains. I can do it. I will do it. If you have the faith, it will produce the hope. And God will come through every single time. And I know for a fact, just personally in my life, every single time, that I've been struggling these last 2 weeks Rachel and I we had a situation come up and I am just like god seriously what where are you how can you get us through this right now i have no idea how you can do this and truthfully i'll be honest my faith was wavering despite all the things i've seen despite all the miracles and physical healings i've seen in people's bodies i still had a lack of faith because it happens it's true I didn't believe that Jesus could come through for us. And then, this week, Jonathan sent me a verse. And it was, <laughs> it was tough going through it, but it was, it was a good wake-up call and a reminder. John chapter 6, verse 29, 28 and 29. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. You wonder where God is working, where he is. And Jesus said it very simply, just believe in me and I'll do the work. The work of God is this, that you believe in him in whom he has sent. You believe in me, is what he's saying. Believe in me and I will do the work. I will do it. Jesus says He will do it. So here are some questions. First question: Do I have faith in Christ? I'm not talking about. Um, I should well, I shouldn't say it like this, but really, all faith is extraordinary. Do you have saving faith in Christ that Christ is both your Savior and your Lord, that He has come to rescue you, that He has come to bring you into a life of fullness and abundance? Do you place him in a position of authority over your life? Is he your savior and is he your Lord? Do you have that? Do you believe that? If you don't, I would encourage you, stop at this question and ask yourself, man, what... Jesus, I want to come to you right now. Jesus, I want to believe in who you are and what you have for me. And he'll do it. The second question, is my faith in Christ evident to those around me? We talked earlier about how faith... It's relevant. It's important for other people to experience it. Other people need your faith. So maybe you you have placed Christ as Savior and Lord in your life. You know that. Is your faith being demonstrated? Can people see it? Is it evident to those around you? Uh, There was a a situation two years ago, give or take. There was a student uh, whom I was meeting with. And we were just talking um, just about a lot of life situations. And um, he was one of those guys who, uh, and, and you know, truthfully, I was one of those guys uh, early on in my uh, experience back when I lived in, in Lawrence, Kansas, I went to KU. Um, I was one of those guys who would show up to church on Sundays, then throughout the week just did whatever I want. I'd go out partying on Fridays and Saturday nights. Um, I just, I'd go out drinking, get drunk most of the time, and then show up to church hungover on Sunday because I'm doing my religious duty, Right. And I, I I mean, I literally, I saw this exact thing playing out in this student's life. And one of the things that I asked him, very simply, is, dude, if you're walking down the street, or you're in a community of people, and they know who you are, can people see that you have faith on you, or are you just a part of the crowd? Can people see that there's something different about you? Aside from occasionally picking up the Bible and reading it, occasionally praying, occasionally going to church, what's different about you than anybody else? And I'm not meaning that to compare people, okay? So that, do, do not hear me when I say that. You should not be comparing yourself to other people. But what I was asking very simply was this, is your faith evident to people around you? Can people see it? Can people experience it? And if you would say to yourself, answering this question, man, I don't know. I would encourage you, man, really just look at your life. Go to God. Talk to other people. Say, man, what is it that I need to do to make sure that my faith is evident to people around me? Third question. This goes a little step further. What am I believing for this week, month, or year? What am I believing for? What are you believing for? How do you want to see God transform not just your life but the lives of those around you your sphere of influence what do you want to see God do on campus this semester with students what do you want to see God do in your marriage what do you want to see God do in your finances in your relationships outside of maybe your marriage or whatever how do how do you want to see God move in those areas it's a tough question And lastly, this is probably the most important one. Who am I accountable to for these questions? These questions are not just a mental exercise. I want to make that extremely clear. This isn't just a mental exercise. We can think about these and then not change the way that we, we live. The goal of this is to grow closer to Christ, to have a faith that transforms and changes the culture around us. And we need that desperately. We really do. All of us do. So getting back to the title of this message, those needing breakthroughs. You know where the true breakthrough comes from? When I trust and believe and obey Christ? When I have faith that he's going to do stuff in me and my life and those around me? That's where those breakthroughs come through. So this last question, who am I accountable to? If you came with somebody, your guest is your first time here, thank you guys so much for coming. Talk to the person who brought you about these things. If you're being discipled, talk to the person who's discipling you. This week, let's go through and talk about these questions and be accountable to them. And I am so curious what God would do if all of us were accountable to people in this room and we were discussing all of this stuff and actually living it out. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, that it has the power to speak into our lives, God. That you have a faith and a hope for us that's enduring. God, that you're not at a distance. You're not far away from us. You are right here, right now. And you want to move in this place in these people, right here, right now, God. You want to do something powerful in our midst. God, I pray that we wouldn't just listen to these words or hear these words, God, and not do anything with them. God, I pray that this would change the very way that we see you. God, the very way that we see uh, what you're capable of. And God, that our faith would grow, that it wouldn't be static, that we wouldn't be asking for small things, or we wouldn't just be believing for what's possible, God, but you want to do the impossible in us. I pray for that now, God. I pray that our prayers would be big, that we'd have an impact, not only uh, here in this community, God, that our impact would spread to surrounding communities, to people who were influencing, to our families. God, I pray desperately for our families. I pray that they would see leaders rise up, take the mantles of responsibility and leadership. God, I pray that we would just have a faith that abounds. Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, if this is your first time, we just want to say thank you so much for for joining us, for being here together with us. Um, As I mentioned earlier, if you want to catch up on some of the things that we've been talking about, you can check out uh, our audio vault online at our website, bluemontchurch.org. Um, also, uh, if this is your first time here, we, we have a gift for you out at our resource or at our welcome center. Um, so drop by. Um, you might be in the entering to win a free Ferrari. You never know. You know. We're still waiting on that one. I'm you know, just kidding, of course. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here with us, and uh, you're dismissed. Have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully you survive the heat. <laughs>